Back in the day, uh, when I was 20, that was like way longer than I was then than now, uh, during my backpacking days in Europe, uh, I relied heaven, heavily on this uh, book series called the Rough Guide series for all my traveling plans and needs. You know, they tell you uh, where to eat, where to stay, uh, where are the train stations, how far to walk from the train station to the next stop, points of interest. And because it was 20 years ago, well, 24 years ago, oh my God. So they, they, they were still black and white, kind of give you some pictures to whet your appetite, to set your expectation on the new location that you are going to go. It is almost like every backpacker's traveler's guide or traveler's Bible, if you like. How many of you used the rough guide before in your travel, right? Uh, not the online version, but the... So, so if you've got money type, you will buy the rough guide to Spain or to England, to Japan or Cambodia or Mexico. But if you're on a budget, you buy the rough guide to Europe and then it's like a compilation of everything. So, so it was a, a very interesting time for me to backpack in Europe by myself. Uh, every night when you stay in the backpackers' accommodation, you will be sitting in the dining room, common room with everybody, and everybody will take out their rough guides. It feels like everyone is doing their daily devotion at night and uh, everybody will be reading because different people came from uh, different cities before that and different people are going to different cities after that but you just happen to be in the same city that night. So people will be exchanging ideas. Where have you been? Oh, I, I just came back from Portugal. Oh, I'm going to Switzerland. Oh, I just came out from Germany. I'm trying to go to France. Oh, so where are you going? So it was like devotion, if you like. And, and it was fun. I, I remember at the, towards the end of my backpacking trip for about a month plus, I got really tired because I was traveling alone. I got no one to talk to. And I became very, very, what's the word? Very, no, very obnoxious, my wife said. Yeah, I, I began to dislike having people around me. It was, so I was getting a bit tired. So I was asking the guy who was sitting on a dining table one night. Uh, he was looking at his rough guide. I said, man, I'm so tired, man. So he said, how long have you been traveling? You look tired. I said, I've been around traveling Europe. I'm finishing my money. My back's getting heavier. It's uh, already a month. Oh, I say, I see. How about you? I asked him. Yeah, uh, I'm a bit tired too, you know, but I've been traveling for two and a half years. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm good a bit now. I'm not tired anymore, you know. So, so it was, it was, it was uh, a great time in my life. I, uh, I traveled by myself in Europe. The interesting thing about the Rough Guide series their slogan is to make the most of your time on planet Earth. This is the slogan. They want everybody to make the most of their time on planet Earth. If a traveler's Bible, a traveler's guide, can have such a big dream, what more the Bible, the Word of God for all of us, the rough guide to life. This morning, as we begin the new year, I just want to make sure we set the tone right, we set the pace right, we set the direction right for us to venture into this journey called 2019. Turn the neighbor one more time say, 2019 belongs to you.
It's the beginning of the year. It's the first weekend of the 52 weekends that we're going to have. How are you going to navigate through this year? What are your plans? What are your aspirations this year? To some, 2018 may be horrible and you are just grateful to God that it has ended. To some of us, 2018 probably was the best year of your life and you kind of miss it that it is over. But whatever it may be, church, I want to tell you this, that whether it was great or it was horrible, it was a success, it was miserable, it was filled with achievements, filled with disappointments, heartbreaking moments and joy-filled days of your life, 2018 has expired, if you do not know. It's over, and it's gone, and it is not coming back. Are you guys with me? So what do we do with the years past? We learn from it, but we don't dwell on it. We learn from all the experiences that life brought to us, but we do not want to dwell on it and think that, you know what, I really miss those times. I wish I can go back to 2016 or 2015. I want to ask us this morning, how are we going to make the most of your time on planet Earth? How about us this year? What are you going to do to make the most of the next 359 days that we are going to have to craft the days that God has given to us as a gift? This year, your life, your health, and all that is happening to you, it's something that God has given to us, but you've got to respond in such a way that you are going to live it meaningfully. Agree with me, say amen. The Bible is not, church, a rule book like the rough guide tell you exactly where to go. The Bible is not a guidebook that tells you, hey, you know what? This is the job that you should do. You should become an accountant and not a teacher. You should become an architect and not a lawyer. The Bible is not a book that will tell you what to do. The Bible is not an instruction book that spells for you all the do's and don'ts and should and shouldn't. Rather, the Word of God, it gives us the right attitude towards life. It gives us the right understanding that the Word of God is so much more about a God who loves us and pursues us. No matter what we are doing, where we are at, at any stage of our lives. That's what the Word of God is. And the reading of the Word of God and us coming to church every week, you hear the preaching, whether it's by me or by G or Keith or Elvin, I don't know, Song, Hang, anybody in this place. When you hear the Word of God, sometimes you wonder, what does David and Goliath got to do with my life in 2019? It is not the Bible stories that you got to memorize that will change your life. Are you guys with me? It is the wisdom that you derive and the change in your life as a result of the Word of God that gives us the wisdom and the maturity to handle this life that God has given to us. I am not saying you cannot learn what to do from the Word of God. 
But it is not about what we do, but so much more how we do it. What is the point of coming to church? For the last 10 years, your attitude is the same. For the last 10 years, Pastor Keith this morning said, we do not want you to be a spectator this year. We want you to be a participant. We want you to be a part of building the house of God. To, to make this place, since we are going to come every weekend, week in and week out for the rest of our lives, we have a choice to make this place the most miserable two hours in a week or the best place on planet Earth every Sunday morning. The choice is ours. Are you guys with me? So the Word of God is trying to tell us you got to have the right attitude to lead your life this year. Church, we don't want to live our lives for one year and then repeat it for the next 50 years. You don't want to do something one time and just keep repeating it and say, hey, I have got so many more experience now, but actually it is just a one-year experience that is kept on repeating. I want to take us to the Bible this morning, to Proverbs chapter 4, as we begin the brand new year. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me, and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart, Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. The Bible is trying to tell us that the most important thing, that out of a relationship with God, we begin to develop wisdom that is from heaven above. <coughs> God is not going to tell you whether you should be a designer or a singer, a musician or a teacher. But you need to have wisdom. <coughs> I think I'm going to cough until I die. Oh my God. But the, the Bible is telling us that you need to have wisdom so that you know what are the paths that you are going to choose? Are you guys with me? It is not about, oh, I think God wants me to do this job or what. No, no, no. It is, this life is a gift from God, so the choice is yours. Let's go to verse 8. Cherish her and she will exalt you, embrace her and she will honour you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Listen, my son, accept what I say. And the years of your life will be many. The years of your life will be many here does not just mean long life, but it means more life in the day. Are you with me? Who wants to live a long life but is always miserable? Nobody. But with the wisdom of God, the days of your life will be meaningful. The days of your life will be impactful. The days of your life will be filled with the good things that God has given to you and the good things that you will produce as a result of walking with Jesus. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. 
Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. So whatever you do, whatever career, whatever decisions, whatever choices that you make, the wisdom of God is that do not choose that path whereby the wicked will walk in it and the evildoers will be a part of it. The Bible says, verse 15, can we read that together, everybody? One, two, three. Avoid it, do not travel on it, turn from it, and go on your own way. The Bible says, avoid it. Avoid it and go on your own way. That own way is the way that God guides you with His wisdom. Let's move on. For they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep till they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and they drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. This is the wisdom of the Word of God that exhorts us, that encourages us to walk in the ways of wisdom. I have a very simple message for all of us today that we can all bring home and prepare ourselves for 2019. Are you guys ready? Are you ready? Number one, this year, how should I prepare myself? Number one, travel light. Amen. 2019, I want to encourage every one of us in this brand new year to learn to travel light. We have to learn to discard all the unnecessary stuff in our lives. How many of you, when you travel, you tend to overpack? Right? You, you always think, oh, you know what? There'll be emergency and, and, and I might need this, I might need that, but you end up not using any of that. When I travel with the guys for mission trip, Man, let me tell you, the one person that overpacked is me. And this is a message for my own self. Sometimes I see some of them, what's in their bag? It's like just a bag, one towel, two underwear, and the same t-shirt. Like, what on planet earth? You pack for a mission trip like that. And then they'll look at me, especially Pastor Keith. So last year, I was one trip. I don't know where we went, but I went with him. And then he looked at me and said, hey boss, your bag a bit big way, like... A bit quachong, right? So, so I have to go and find a. I, I bought a new bag now. It, it's smaller. And I tell you what, it is a hard reorganizing because my things cannot go in. There's something wrong with my life. We went to Hong Kong the other day and uh, we stayed with a friend. And, and I didn't realize that, I, not that I didn't realize, I've forgotten that my friend has a maid. And, uh, and the maid was super helpful because we don't have a maid, we're not used to it. The maid kept washing our clothes. I end up wearing the same two t-shirts every day because she kept washing it and folded it nicely. It was nicer than those in my bag. And I thought, okay, I'll wear this again. Turn to neighbor say, learn to travel light. Like gossips, 
like rumours, like spreading things that are not helpful. Do you know these days, more than ever before, we have more stuff that are unnecessary than we ever need? It is in your WhatsApp group where your auntie and uncles consistently send you stuff that you don't need to read. The more auntie uncles of retired category that you have, the more every morning I wake up, like something's happening, cannot eat this, cannot eat that, there are fake eggs, fake oranges. Please do ourselves a favour, don't forward stuff like that. Are you with me? Like, uh, sometimes they also forward sermon. Then I'm like, if you keep doing that, I got no, nothing to preach anymore. You're not, so, don't overpack. Everybody, learn not to overpack. Remember the message that I shared with you the first Sunday, 2018, where we carried our bags and, uh, and, and we have 2010 still there, the achievements, the failure of 2014, because Justin commented about your shoe and you are so upset until now, you haven't let go. And then 2017, Brian, amazing worship leader this morning. Come on, man. Like, such a great job, but, but he was upset because 2017, Pastor made a comment and he was overpacking his life. And so all this baggage and burdens that he was carrying, that 2019 became so heavy and so hard to travel. I want you to know, it doesn't matter whether it was past failures or past achievements, if it happened in 2018, it's over. Then neighbor say, it's over. It's time to start afresh. So no matter how horrible, no matter how amazing an event, or maybe something happened in your relationship, something happened in your marriage, 2019 is the best place. Today, first Sunday of the year, is the best time to start anew. If I have not loved my wife enough in 2018, I don't have to write a New Year resolution to love her more this year. I'll just choose to love her more now. I will just do simple stuff like maybe it's been a while, I last carry her bag. I should help her carry her bag. Maybe it's been a while, I gave her a foot massage. Ooh, actually never happened. But perhaps it is time to start. It's a brand new year, church. Amen. I can't hear you. It's a brand new year. Come on, man. You've got to be more excited than me because it's for you, not for me. It's a brand new year. Say 2019 belongs to me. It is not to be determined by other people. My year is mine. My life is mine. My days are mine. I am not going to let the world dictate how I should live. I'm not going to let people tell me how I should live. But I should live my life according to what God tells me, that it is wisdom, it is understanding that I should craft the next 359 days of my year. Are you with me? I will choose to walk a life that honors God. I will choose to lead a life that is pleasing to Him, that loves people, that care for those around me. Start a fresh church. Start anew. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. The Bible says, Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'll better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra. 
spiritual fat. What is extra spiritual fat? It is religiosity that means nothing. It is coming to church that doing something that doesn't connect with God, connect with our heart, and connect with other people. It, it's a puff up Christianity where everything feels right, feels right, feels good, seems like we're doing the right thing, but it's just fat, spiritual fat, and no parasitic sin. I want you to know in this church, nobody understands parasite more than me. <sighs> church, I want to tell you, it must have been the steak that I cooked for Pastor Keith or sometime, you know, far back that I cooked a steak myself that it wasn't entirely parasite-free. So I ate something that got parasite. And, uh, and now I got parasite in my bloodstream. Maybe it was some vegetable that I ate that was laced with cat poo. Uh, so I got a special desire and love for cats now. I love to kill them. I, okay, anyway. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Cat lovers, I love you. Maybe not your cat, but okay, anyway, okay. I love you. Uh, and, and, and so, so my left eye is, uh, whenever my immune system is down now, uh, my left eye gets blurry, so I can't see clearly. So, so I know what it means to have parasitic sin in life. It's like this parasite when the doctor told me, Sir, you're getting better now, but I want to tell you something. It will never leave your body because once they enter, they will never all die. They will only reduce inactivity. Do not allow parasitic sin to enter your life. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe it's time when you're riding in a car and no one seems to be talking to you. You think of all the things that are negative. I want you to know, church, do not let those things dwell in you. My parasite in my eye cannot be gotten rid of. But the sin in our lives can be covered by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And so, so get rid of those things. Start afresh. But in the NIV version, the Bible says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The Bible says, throw off every possible weight so that you may run with perseverance. The reason sometimes people cannot run and keep on running because there are just simply too much baggage in their lives. There's too much burden that they are carrying from the previous year. Too many things that they are holding on to. And I said earlier, what we want this year is that you do not want a repeat of last year. You don't want to do something one year and then repeat it a hundred times. Repeat it for the next 50, 60, 70 years that you're here on planet Earth. This year, get yourself a new bag. Not literally. Get yourself a new bag. Try something new. Tell your neighbour, try something new. Travelling light does not only mean travelling with less baggage, but it also means travelling with less of past experiences. We have to learn this year to travel where there are things in our lives 
that we are doing it for the first time this year, that there's no point of reference. You know, sometimes experience can be a hindrance. Experience sometimes can over-inform that we become more fearful than we need to. When we first, when Esther was first pregnant, we had Aiton, and uh, <clears throat> I don't try to tell my wife I know how painful it was. So when she was giving birth, I was cheering her on, saying, dear, I love you. Tell you all, like, are you okay? And hallelujah, God's good. In 13 minutes, 13, one, three, Aiton came out. Whoa, my wife don't even remember the pain. Well, at least I think. Uh, all right. But then we have experience. The next child, this Alexander, because my wife knows what to expect. Know when the, the labor will come to the point that it's peak and it's going to be the most painful. And, and because I also know when that will happen, I got more nervous and I got more panicky. Instead of encouraging her, I was getting more scared. But the first child, I was like, who? Baby coming out. Don't worry. Very fast. Happening soon. The second one, I kind of like, not yet. Oh no. Can you try harder? Experiences sometimes can be a burden because we have known something and we know exactly whether it will work or it will not work. I want us to learn this year to try to do something that there's no point of reference. You know, as a pastor, every year of my life is almost fixed. January comes, I got to preach the first sermon of the year, and then there's draft day, I got to reveal the church vision, and then prepare our resources, and after that is Easter, I got to prepare for Easter, and then after that is middle of the year's anniversary, and then all our churches will be coming back, and I got to host all the pastors, and then this conference in August, and then after that is December, it's Christmas, so every year of my life is the same, so I meet, and I want to do something different, so we were very excited this year when Pastor Keith in our amazing chat group called You Never Walk Alone for Liverpool. All right, I got no friends in this place. Say, Pastor, you know what? We should go to England this year to watch. We were all very excited until that stupid Manchester City beat us the other day. But it's okay. We lost one game, we're still number one. Some teams won many games, still number six. All right, okay. For you, up there. And, and so we were very excited and, you know, everyone's hinting to their wife and everyone is putting the blame on Pastor Keith. So I told my wife, Hannah, uh, Keith wants me to go to England with him. <laughs> why, why, why? Uh, you know, it's like a boy's trip. We've never been. So I don't know whether my wife agreed, but I told her and I walked away. Husband's trip. So Josh Ting, oh, I also hinted to my wife. But I didn't tell her when yet, but I hinted. I think it will be okay. So in the chat group, except for Adrian never replied, uh, Pastor Keith is still upset with you because the wife is an MU fan. There's an MU match, by the way, in between. You can go to Old Trafford. We will leave you behind. But, so we were all busy, like, in the chat group. Pastor Keith was the gang leader. He was checking out all the air tickets, how much it costs. And uh, Josh Ting was amazing. He said, watch this match first. The MU match we don't watch. We go to London and eat meat pie with mashed peas. It's Josh Ting, huh? And, and Pastor Kim was finding air tickets and everything. Suddenly, my PA told me, huh, you want to go to England that time? It's Savin Cha's wedding. Shavin, are you here? We love you. So I'm not going. Oh, 
Clap hands for me, please. Because I'm not going. Pastor Kim is not going. I want you, although it didn't happen, we will try to make something happen along the way. I want you to do something that has no point of reference this year. Try something. Instead of your usual annual holiday, why not go back to your former school and speak to your juniors? I don't know whether it will happen. Go to your school and say, can I meet the juniors because I was a former student in this school? Why not try visiting an orphanage instead of your regular holiday? And oh, help out in one of our church plants. By the way, we are going to plant two new churches this year, one in Malacca and one in Manila. M&M. Hallelujah. And Galvin is here. Can you stand? Galvin, he's going to lead the church in Malacca. Come on. Give him a big hand. Praise Jesus. So now, when you go to Malacca, don't keep looking for that, that boar thing, chicken rice. Go to church. Go and help our pastor. Like, you can lead worship, you can sing, you can share a testimony. Go and do something different. Are you with me or not? I want you to know that your year this year is going to be way better than the year before. Because if the best of your years, if the best of your memories that you can all have is in the past, if you think of something beautiful, it's only in the past and it's not in the future, then your future is not going to be bright. I want you to know that 2019, you are going to experience God in a way like you've never experienced before. You are going to encounter Jesus like in a way that you've never encountered before. Why not aspire to give more to God this year that causes you to want to earn more so that you may have seeds in your hand to sow into the work of the kingdom of God? What aspires you? What excites you? This year, I want you to try something new. Why not sign up to Ruma? That's Pentecostal distinctive. If you do not understand this phrase, and by understanding this phrase, make you as smart as Pastor Andrew, sign up. You know, I tell you this, sometimes as a pastor, it's very woo, life-changing. People come to church and say, Pastor, I really love church. I love you. But our Sunday teaching, very shallow. Wow, nobody respond. Everyone is trying to say, it's not me. I know it's not you. It's uh, somebody from another church. Okay, all right. Sign up to Ruma. So when they never sign up to Ruma, I said, why don't you sign up to Ruma? Oh, Ruma is too deep. Wow. Sunday teaching too shallow. Ruma too deep. How? Where, what should I do? You, you get what I mean? Try first. Then the neighbor say, Try. Sign up for a course. You don't have to study for the next six years. Give it a try. Learn something about the Word of God. Deepen your knowledge in Jesus. This life is exciting. This year, I don't know what the news tells you. I don't know what the magazine tells you. I want you to know this year is going to be amazing. Some of you, you're going to buy your first house. Come on, man. Somebody is going to buy a first house. Come on. Somebody is going to buy a new car. Somebody is going to get yourself a new wife, as in the first one, not another one. A new husband. Amen. It's exciting. I see the possibility of everything that's happening around us. 
It is a fool to think that you cannot be a part of it. Are you with me? You look at all the developments, all the changes, all the positivity that people are feeling. Don't let one magazine that you read, one post that people post and tells you that 2019 is gloomy, then you become gloomy. Your life is not dictated by this, but by God alone. And everybody say, hey, by the way, I said Malacca, Manila, actually our soul haven't started. Pastor Daniel Quillan is going to plant a church in Alos Star. Come on. All right, come on, up north. So we were in a staff meeting on Tuesday. No, not Tuesday. I don't know what day, but it was a staff meeting. And I thought, hey, bro, how come you are still here? He said, Pastor, don't like that. Not yet, not yet. But why don't this year, some of you, you have never been up to Kedah, go to Kedah and help Pastor Daniel. Go there for one weekend. Try. You know, he will show you some of the amazing food. But this guy is crazy. Before he even started the church, I heard the rumors. He told me, so it's true. They got a premise that they can use for free. I think God deserves a hand. He got a house that he can stay in for free. <coughs> the daughter's education is free. Come on. Gavin, no pressure. If need to pay money, maybe you haven't prayed enough. All right, that guy, everything is free. Your wife is like, All right, so why don't you volunteer yourself? Some of you, you wanted to do something different this year, take a month off from your work, go to Kedah. Help Pastor Daniel. Help them build and establish something. I want you to know the opportunity to help a church lay its foundation is not something every one of us get to do all the time. It is a one-off experience sometimes to many of us. I want you to know, I too, so my Liverpool trip at this point is not happening, so I hope it will happen. Maybe we just go in May and lift the trophy and then go to Manchester. Amen. So, I want to do something different. And as I was evaluating my year, so I got this crazy idea that I managed to secure myself an internship to work in a ramen restaurant in Yokohama. <sighs> I know. I'm crazy. It's not the best ramen on planet Earth. I can assure you that. But it was the first ramen I had. The first time I went to Japan many years ago in a cold, freezing winter, the pastor said, before we reach home, why don't we have a bowl of hot ramen? That was my first ramen, and every time I go back, almost, I almost got tears in my eyes because I remember that cold, freezing winter, and I slurped the first ramen into my mouth. Some people say, it requires a lot of years to work in a ramen restaurant before the Sifu will teach you. The Sifu here is Mr. Kishi. But uh, he willingly said, please come and uh, learn from me. I think it's because I've been eating the same ramen from him from the last 10 years. Every time I go to Japan, I will never fail to eat his ramen. And it was very interesting. The day I asked to be an intern, he actually asked my friend, in Yokohama, if 
the guy that always go to his restaurant from Malaysia would like to open a ramen restaurant in Malaysia. My God. Sorry guys, pastor's not free. Making ramen every Sunday morning. I don't know what will happen. So number one, travel light. Everybody say with me, say travel light. Because not just baggage is a burden, past achievements can be a burden. This year, start something new if possible. Number two, and uh, only two points, with this I close, apart from traveling line this year, learn to travel together. Learn to travel together. I told you when I backpacked, after a month plus, I became very, you know, very withdrawn to myself. I got nobody that I could tell my stories and experiences with. So I realized that traveling together is may, way better than traveling alone. Building healthy communities. It's not just a sermon we preach. Doing life together is not just a slogan. It is a lifestyle that every one of us in this church aspire to live by. If there's something worth doing, we know it's worth doing together. So tell your neighbor right now, I would love to do it with you. The, the book of Acts in Acts chapter 2, when, when all the believers encountered God on the day of Pentecost, all of them gathered together and they pulled their resources together and they sold whatever they had for the common good of the new community. So they realized that they cannot be happy if they have a lot, but the people in the same community have nothing. The beauty of that passage was that it was not a rule that they had to sell everything, but they did it out of love. They did it out of love because they want others to be blessed at the same time. Others' needs would be met at the same time. In 2019, we are going to intentionally strip everything back in our church and build a church that is simple to understand and run with, though not shallow. We want to build a church that's simple to understand, clear goals, clear objectives, but not shallow. The idea is to live simply, not simply live. Are you guys with me? So we want our church to be more refined. So in 2019, everybody listen to me, okay? In 2019, we're going to have team night once a month. Team night is like every first Tuesday of the month, we will all come back like this for teaching and experience and worship and building of our community. So I want to extend my invitation to everybody. Uh, commit yourself one Tuesday a month on team night to come. Turn to the neighbor and say, he's inviting you. Number two, we will also have once a month leaders gather. Leaders gather, it's where you want to be more than just team night, you want to learn how to lead. You want to know how to be able to lead teams and be a part of teams. Uh, say we come for the leaders gathering, we will share, we will talk, we will pray, we will worship God. All right? That's the second night. The third night is that the baseline moving into 2019 is every connect group will need to meet just once a month. And that's the bare basic. So when you meet as a connect group, you share, you eat, you have a meal together. The idea is this, you need to hear from each other, 
so that you can pray for one another and that's it. There'll be no teaching in the Connect Group because that's not the objective we want to achieve this year. So one month, three nights. Everybody say three nights. And then for the next 27 nights, you are free to meet anybody you want, whether it's in the church, it is your colleagues, it's your friends, your family members. We want you to intentionally spend time with people that you probably never spent time with before. Go and have a meal with them, spend time with them, hang out with security ministry, hang out with the ushers, hang out with the lighting crew, the sound crew. Are you guys with me or not? So why are we doing that? Because we want you to make the most of your time on planet Earth, not on meetings, not on official gatherings. I want you to be able to do life with others. 27 nights, you can learn how to cook and cook me a meal. And that would be perfect. Every now and then, we will organize church-wide Bible study. You can come for church-wide Bible study. And every now and then, we have church-wide prayer meeting. And you can come here to pray with us together. And uh, I just want to get you really excited. One of the team night, I want to address the complicated issue called discipleship. And uh, I want to get you ready because it is a very interesting thing when it comes to discipleship and it's also very complicated. I want you to know it is sometimes quite strange that we aspire to live together as a community, but yet when it comes to discipleship, we want a personalized, tailor-made, one-to-one kind of an experience. I want you to know this. Discipleship is not a program. Discipleship is not seasonal. At the same time, discipleship is not personal. We are to grow healthily in the community together. Collective, this year, let's travel light and travel Collective this year, let's travel light and travel. Let's build this church we call home together. Let's debunk the theory of 80-20, where 20% of the people will do 80% of the work. I want to encourage every one of us to find it in us to be able to serve God this year. And the first thing you can do, it doesn't matter, you know, whether you you are a Christian for many years, church member for many years, the one thing we can do is that come early on Sunday morning and talk to people. You'll be surprised how many amazing people you will meet when you just come early on Sunday morning and talk to people. This morning, I met a couple that have been in church for a couple of years. They finally said, Pastor, we are ready to talk to you. I talk to them and I hear their stories and I hear what they do. I, I just know in our midst, it's, the church is not small. It's very hard to connect between what I can do and what the church needs. It's very hard to connect with who do I talk to. So I want to encourage you. The breakfast is free. Don't worry. If whatever we provided is not enough, we can up breakfast. But Jim, right? We are providing 400 breakfasts every Sunday morning. I said before, I've not heard of a church that gone bankrupt because they provided breakfast for the members. If I have to provide for 800 people's breakfast, I will do it. If I can do anything to create a platform for you to be connected with one another, I'll do it. I want to do something. I was so inspired by Pastor Keith. Tomorrow, first time, 
I'm going to do a training for an insurance agency. I never done that before. I don't know whether it will work. I don't know whether they'll think I'm boring, but I'm going to try. But because Pastor Keith tried, somebody talked to me about it, I'm going to try. I want to let people know that the church, that the pastor is relevant. I want the people to know that you as Christians are relevant. Are you with me? You have something in you more than just relevant. It is life-changing. It's called Jesus. It is called the love of God. If you remember the Billion Dollar Life workshop that we are going to do, can we, can we put up that slide? I think it's amazing. Uh, amazing because of the names of the people. Sorry. Just look at the lists of this. Can you all see? Chan Chi Kian, Group Executive Director of Ereka Corporation. Director, Group Director. Wong Sit Yin, Director of Institutional Equity Sales at Maybank Investment Bank. Director. Winnie Chua, shortest title. Worship Leader, Co-Founder of Policy Street. Come on, let's give Winnie a big hand. She's here. And then you have Lim Mei Sin, Senior Vice President of Commercial Banking at HSBC. Oh my God. Raymond Chui, my running buddy, Director of Equity Capital Markets at Maybank Investment. All these people, right? I tell you what, I learned something. In order to be successful in life, your title must be long. That's when you know you've made it. I'm going to call myself the founder, senior pastor of the most amazing church. I'm, no, I'm just kidding. But, but, and all these are people in our church. And I know it's not just these five people. There are many of you. You have way bigger capacity. But we do not know who you are. Why don't this year wave and say, that's me. I would like to do something. I would like to build our church, not just a building, but this family, this home. When we serve together, we achieve more. I want to end this morning by sharing with you an African way of life. So an anthropologist, uh, people who study people, proposed a game to the kids in an African tribe. He put a basket full of fruit near a tree and told them that whoever got there first won the sweet fruits. When he gave them the signal to run, they all took each other's hands and ran together then sat in a circle enjoying their treats. When he asked them why they chose to run as a group when they could have had more fruits individually, one child spoke up and said, Ubuntu. How can one of us be happy if all the other ones are sad? Ubuntu in the Soksa culture means I am because we are. Church, this should be the collective value. Ubuntu means I am because we are. That we are not just here as a body of Christ connected because of a common goal. But more than that, I derive my purpose and my identity in life because it is attached to you. It is attached to one another. I'm who I am because of you. You are who you are because of your neighbour sitting next to you. 2019, I want to assure you 
regardless of what the world tells you, what the news say, it is going to be the best year of your life. You know why? Because when we learn to travel light and when we learn to travel together, we will travel further and we will travel farther. And that's how we make the most of our time on planet Earth. Come on, let's give Jesus a big hand. If you have been coming to church, you never really appreciate or never actually look at the person sitting next to you, you know, differently today. Hey, thank you for coming to church week in and week out. We may not talk. Thank you for being here. When we travel light, when we travel together, we will travel further and we can travel farther. And everybody say, Amen. Let's pray.